So guys, here we are in part three. Part one, we talked about honoring God and our parents with our relationship choices, and that is such a, an important thing, and I hope you guys are really um, making that a goal in your life, that you're going to honor God with the person that you date and your parents with those decisions. And then last week, we talked about, are you someone who's worth dating? And I really hope you went through um, 1 Corinthians 13 last week, and I hope you really began to apply those things to your life, because that's so important, guys. And you know, it's not only important for you, but it's important for the person that you're looking for. You should want someone who has those things going on in their lives, guys. And so it works both ways. And so I really hope that you guys are getting to that. But tonight in part three, we're going to have the talk. I think all of us remember the talk, right? For me, the talk happened in fifth grade. Um, I had heard some things on the bus that I was a little freaked out by. I thought they were a little strange. So I asked my parents about them and I began to question some things. I feel like I can make a really good argument that most awkward and horrible things happen on a bus, right? Isn't that such a true statement? Like, why is that? Just the creepiest things happen on a bus. Can one of you guys please write your thesis? Seniors, someone needs to write their thesis on this. Why creepy things happen on buses? I, I don't know why, but, but it's definitely just a true statement. So I heard these things, and I go to my parents, and then they both sit me down in my room, and they begin explaining to me, and I was like, you do what? <laughs> like, that sounds a little weird. And then after they said that, you know, the awkwardness starts to settle in, and I'm sure maybe you guys can relate to this process. This is when you stick the pillow over your face, and you can't look at them anymore because it just gets so uncomfortable. I did that, and so I just couldn't wait for that conversation to be over. It was like the longest couple of minutes of my entire life, and then once it was finally over, I was so happy, but I'm sure you guys have had the talk too, and if you haven't had the talk yet, then I really encourage you, even though it's going to be terribly awkward, to talk to your parents about it if they haven't um, already talked to you. I was in a community group a couple of years ago when I was leading a senior group, and there was a girl in the group who didn't know anything about it. Let's just say that. She was clueless, and she was a senior in high school. She knows nothing. This girl is incredibly innocent, and so here we are in this community group, and she asked me to explain to her what happens, and I was like, mm, I don't think that's my job. <laughs> I think that you should go and ask your parents, and before I could even finish saying that sentence, there was this boy in the room, and I wanted to stop him so bad. I saw everything. It was like in slow motion. He, he looks at her and goes, I'll tell you what it is. And he goes, all you need to know is there's a lot of screaming involved. That's the only thing he says to this girl, right? And so she just gets, yeah, like a lot of the look on your faces right now. Her jaw just drops and she gets terrified. And I was like, that could not be a worse explanation ever. Now she is terrified. But if you guys haven't had that talk with your parents, I really encourage you to do it. Otherwise, you will end up like this girl, completely lost. And it will be awkward, but it is definitely worth doing. I got kind of the, the reverse side. This weekend, I was talking to a parent who just had to tell their kid and had to give them the talk. And this kid was only in third grade. So that's how young this is getting when kids need to start learning this stuff. Their son was walking around and he was saying that everything's sexy. He'd be like, yo, that's sexy, that's sexy, that's sexy. So the mom was like, do you even know what you're saying? And he was like, yeah, I, I know what sex is. He's like, smooching, right? <laughs> She's like, mm, that's part of it, but I got some more to tell you. So she takes this third grader into the room and she begins to explain the whole thing to him. And he had the same reaction as I did. He stuck the pillow over his face and started freaking out. 
And so she finally gets to the end of it, and she's explained it to him, and he's getting all goofy because he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to process all the information. And they were in her bedroom, and then I guess there was the bathroom in there. And her husband walked out, and he had just gotten out of the shower, and he was just in a towel. And the, the son looks at the mother, looks at the dad in the towel, looks again at the mother, and just starts screaming. <laughs> and I think that is a very, very appropriate reaction to what he had just learned very scary thing. I'm not going to give you guys the birds and the bees tonight. I'm not going to give you that, but I am going to give you the purity talk. I'm going to talk to you about what God has to say about this and specifically to dating relationships and further on. And I think it's so important that we start where I want to start tonight. And it's so important that you don't misquote me on this. Some of you guys are going to be tempted to go home and say, Joey said this. That's not what I said. And I didn't even say it yet. But I'm just warning you up front because I know this is going to get back to me. But here's what you need to know is that God created sex. Sex is not this evil, horrible thing. And I think sometimes the church has a way of making it into this evil, horrible thing that it's dirty, it's nasty, God created sex for our enjoyment, for your enjoyment, for procreation, but he didn't create it for dating relationships. Sex was created for marriage, and it's worth waiting for, guys. It is a gift from God. But what the devil has done and what our society has done is they twisted it. The devil loves to twist good things that God has given us and make it something perverted and twisted. And that's exactly what he's done with this gift because he knows that it's a really good gift. And so he wants to twist it in any way that he can, that he can to make as many people stumble up. And that's exactly what he's done. Sex is something that has become something so twisted and perverted, guys. It's, it's everywhere. And so many of you have to deal with this battle constantly in your life because what the devil has done to it. And I want to tell you, guys, that we need to start standing up as Christians and not letting him twist this and pervert this in our lives because he wants to use it in a lot of your lives to destroy you guys. God has some great plans for your life and the devil will try and ruin them at any cost that he can. And I think it's just so important that you guys know what truth is when it comes to this area of your lives so you know how to stand up to it. You guys, I, I don't believe that sinning sexually is the worst kind of sin there is. C.S. Lewis said that, that pride is. And God says that sin is all the same in his eyes. But pride is probably one of the worst. But you know why people think sin is so oftenly um, thought as the worst sin? is because there's so much shame involved. And we're going to look at some scripture in a little bit to see why there's so much shame involved. But if you've ever um, fell in this area in your life, then you know what that's like. To feel that shame. If you struggled and you battled, and it's just so overwhelming and it's so hurtful to battle through, guys. And we're going to look and see why that is. But first, guys, know that God created this and that it's something that the devil has tried to twist and pervert. Um, here's another really important thing that you guys need to know. Andrew, can you just lower my mic a little bit? It's making a lot of noises. Um, sex isn't just physical. Sex isn't just physical. So many of us think that. But there is something spiritual that happens during sex. There is a soul tie that is made 
during sex. And so, you know, our culture tells us, you know, just sleep around with whoever you want. It's just physical. It's just a feeling that you're going to get. It's just one time with someone. Guys, it is not just one time. There is something that happens when you do that with someone else. And there is forever a tie that is made between those two people. To show you what I'm talking about, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 6.12. And this is just going to explain exactly what I just said. Start right in verse 16. This is what it says. We're going to jump to verse 16. Did you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two become one flesh. Let me explain to you guys this verse now for a second. What was going on is back in that time, the men would go into temples, and in the temples, there would be prostitutes, and they considered that an act of worship. That's how messed up their society was. Men would go in there, and they would sleep with prostitutes. And Paul's going, guys, what you're doing in that situation is not just physical. You can't just go home to your wife after that. What you're doing there is you're making a soul tie with someone that is going to last for the rest of your life. You are giving them a piece of you that will be forever with them. Guys, it's not just physical. And so you can't just go and sleep with whoever you want because they will always be connected to you in some way. The two become one. That's why this is for marriage. I think every, so often, you know, preachers and your parents say, the Bible says don't have sex before you're married. Don't have sex before you're married. Because this is why. It's because it's meant to be between a husband and a wife because there is something spiritual that happens right there in those moments that will last a lifetime. And you can't undo that, guys. That is lasting. And there are some other consequences too. And like we said, the shame. Some of the most shameful people, guys, are people who have fell in the area of sexual temptation. There is just no doubt about it. There's so much shame in that. And it will hurt you and dig really deep. They are often the people that need the most counseling because it is something so deep and so hurtful. Another thing is that there is STDs. You guys know about this stuff. If, if you sleep around, this isn't, you know, you guys have all been in health class. You, you know everything that you need to know about that already. But if you are sleeping around and doing these kinds of things, you will ruin your life. And there's a really good chance that you will contract a disease that will ruin your life for a very long time, guys. And so the consequences are overwhelming. If you mess around in this area, you are going to trip up in some way, guys. It's worth waiting. And you, you know what? God wants to bless sex in your life. He wants to use it. But in marriage, not before that. And I think a lot of you guys got that. I, I think that a lot of you understand, you know, Joey, I'm going to wait till I'm married. But you want to know, how close can I go to the line? How far is too far? And you want to draw that line, and you want to go right up to it every time. And we're going to look back in 1 Corinthians for a little bit. And we're going to talk about this some more. Because, guys, this is so important. I've seen so many people mess their lives up in this way. Because they think they can do whatever they want. But there are always consequences to sexual sin. And we're going to look at that tonight. So let's continue in 1 Corinthians now. We're going to jump to verse 18. And this is what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. That word flee means to run from danger as fast as you can. You need to get away from it at any cost. If I let a lion loose in the room tonight, 
I don't think anyone would walk close to it and try and pet it. I think we would all be running as fast as we could. I'm taking the kids in the front row and I'm pushing them down so I can get out. I'm going to flee as fast as I can to get away from that animal, guys. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying you need to run as fast as you can because sexual immorality is dangerous and it wants to destroy you just like a roaring lion would if it was in the room tonight. In the same way, guys, you guys need to be willing to flee from that. Now, when we hear that, let's go back to that question that we just asked. How far is too far? When I read what Paul just wrote, I don't think about getting as close to that line as I can without getting harmed. You know, maybe that'd be something you're like, oh, how close can I get to the line, right? But you know what? That's really dangerous. There's a good chance if you get as close as you can, that that line will come and get you. And you're playing with fire when you do that. Some of you guys are playing with fire tonight in the room. So far, it's been working out. You know, you, you, you've been going to the clubs, you've been hooking up with whoever you can hook up, and everything's been going good so far. But there will come a day when you will pay for that sin. And it will hurt so deeply. And you're going to wish that you listened to that guy on stage who was telling you not to do that stuff. And I just want to help you before you get there because you are playing with fire. And Paul is warning you tonight, run from this as fast as you can to get away from it because it wants to destroy you. I want to read to you guys and jump to another story in the Bible. This guy named Joseph, and I think a lot of you know him, Joseph in the multicolored coat. Um, Joseph faced this in his life. I'll give you guys a little history on his story. He was sold into slavery from his brothers. He's sent to Egypt now, and, and he's living in this guy's house, and he's a slave to him. And he just works his way up in the ranks in this guy's house because he honors God with everything he does in his life. And he's working in this high-up official's house, and this is where we're going to pick up in his story because we have something to learn from him. And this is the first verse I want to read to you guys. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. All the girls said, hey. Um, <laughs> so Joseph was this really good looking guy working in this house, right? So we'll go to the next verse, verse seven. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. This is a very demanding woman, right? She says, come to bed with me. What she's saying, come have sex with me, Joseph. Because this was a huge temptation to Joseph. This woman who lived in this higher up official's house, right? there was a really good chance that she wasn't busted. She was probably really beautiful. When you worked for a high-up official, they didn't really live with busted ladies, if you know what I'm trying to say. That's how the society was back then. So this wasn't like Joseph just denied anyone. This was probably a really beautiful woman that he had to deny. And this was probably a huge temptation for him. A lot of you guys, and maybe some of the guys in the room today, I think that you would have a very different reaction if a beautiful woman came up to you. A lot of you guys would probably pass out. Um, but let's see how Joseph does with this interaction right here. We'll go down a couple verses to verse 11. This is what it says. So that wasn't the only time she tempted him. There's another time. One day he went into the house to attend his duties, and none of the household servants was inside, so the house was empty. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out the house. Guys, Joseph fled the scene. We need to learn from Joseph tonight because some of you guys need to start fleeing from some things that are going on in your life tonight. And you know what? It came at a cost for Joseph. Joseph would end up going to jail because of this. And for some of you, it's gonna come at a cost. Some of you are gonna have to give up your computer for a little bit. 
Some of you guys are going to have to hand in your iPods for a little bit. There's going to be a cost attached to it. But you need to get away from that sexual sin that is tempting you and causing you to fall. Some of you guys are going to have to get out of a relationship. And it's going to cost you. But you need to flee at any cost because it wants to destroy you. Let's fast forward a couple years in Joseph's story. Joseph went through a lot of hard times and a lot of difficult situations. But eventually, he made his way up by staying faithful to God, the second command to the Pharaoh in Egypt. God had a huge plan for Joseph's life. If Joseph gives in to the temptation that he had right there in that moment, because he never becomes second command. It just doesn't happen. For some of you, God has a great plan for your future. But if you keep giving in or you give in to the sexual sin that you are facing today, there is a really good chance that that plan won't unfold the way it should. And you guys need to make a stand just like Joseph did because God has way too much for you. And you know, it's hard for us to see. Joseph couldn't have looked in the future and seen all that God had for him. But he made a choice to honor God with what was going on in his life at that moment. Some of you guys need to flee so hard. Let's keep going with 1 Corinthians here. We'll go to the next verse. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Guys, this is where the shame comes in. When you sin, it's not like all the other sins that we do. This is your own body. This is what you are going through with yourself. This is where the shame comes from because it's happening right here with yourself. And that shame is so hard to get away from, guys. I talk to people. I counsel people that have been going through these things, guys. It's like they're trying to rub something off them that won't come off because it's happened so deep inside of them. And there is healing for it, guys, but it is a long, hard road. And it is very difficult. One of the most hardest things to overcome is shame in a sex relationship. I want to save you guys from this. And Paul was trying to get this through these people's heads because he saw all the damage that it was doing. Let's go to verse 19. Did you not know that your body is temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You guys know that tonight. That's what we talked about in first one, that God lives inside of us. Um, let's go to this next verse now. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Paul jumps to this. He says that you are not your own, that you were bought with a price. So what does this mean? Paul is saying that the price that was paid for you was too big for you to mess around with something that's gonna destroy your life and cause so much harm to you. Jesus had to go through way too much for you guys to fall in this area. He had to be beaten. He had to be nailed to a cross so you could have freedom and now you wanna mess around in this way? Man, the price was way too big. You, you are not your own anymore. God paid a huge price for you. And, and you know, and I think God's grace is so free and it's, so welcoming to us, but sometimes I think we slap him in the face. Sometimes we say, you know, God, I, I know you paid that price for me, but you know, I'm just gonna do whatever I want anyway. I'm gonna sin sexually. Paul's saying, 
wake up. You're not your own. The price was so big. Stop messing around with the grace that God has given you. Let's go to the next verse. Therefore, honor God with your body. Therefore, honor God with your body. Let me talk to you girls for a second. God treasures you so much. You need to stop looking for boys for that treasure. You gotta stop because you will only damage yourself. You are so beautiful and beautifully and wonderfully made to God. Stop searching for it in boys' approval. God loves you and he values you so much. Kelly did a uh, message on just being modest and how girls should act and how they should be pure. And she asked all the guys to just, just write a little something of what they would say to girls. And, and this is what I wrote, and she read it that night. And I just want to share it with you girls. And, and I hope that it would hit you tonight. Because I think one of the biggest reasons why girls stumble sexually is because they're looking for that approval from a guy. They're looking to feel beautiful. And, and they feel like if they give in in this way, that then a guy will really love them and cherish them. And I just don't think that's true, guys. And so let me just read this to you. Your body is a treasure. There's no such thing as treasure that is easy to find or is easily exposed. Treasure is always hidden. You must endure a journey with many hard obstacles and circumstances to one day receive the treasure. With that being known, why would you reveal your treasure to anyone besides the person who has endured the journey. Girls, when did you stop believing in love? When did you stop believing that you are someone who is worth waiting for? Because I promise you, you are. You are treasure to God. And you need to wait for that right boy who is willing to wait for you on your wedding night. Don't give in so easily. Cherish yourself because God cherishes you so much. Let me talk to the fellows in the room for a second. Guys, God cherishes you too. And he loves you the way you are. And it's so important that we become men and we fight for the women in our lives. That even if they want to go there, that we wouldn't go there because we know the price that was paid. It's time for us to stand up and stop being a generation of men who just want women for their bodies and really want them for who they are on the inside. See, part of the, women, the reason why women have such a hard time is because men have made them a, an object. Guys, it's time for us to start breaking that stereotype and start stepping up and being men of God and really living up to our calling. And so I hope that you guys see that, that you would honor God in this way. And the quickest way for you to destroy a relationship that you are in is to make it sexual. If you hate the person that you are with, then the quickest way to destroy it is to make it sexual. If you are in a relationship and you really care about someone and you really value them, then you will wait. I, what, what did we talk about last week? Love is patient. Anyone that is rushing you for sex does not love you. Love will wait and wait and wait till that right day. And you need to stand for that and really care about that, guys. It's worth waiting for. And if you really care about the person in your relationship, then you won't let them give in in that way. 
So it's so important that you guys see that. I think that so often couples think that if they have sex, this will make the bond tighter. No, it's not meant for dating and relationships. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna make a tie and that tie is gonna end up to a lot of hurt and pain because you aren't living the married lifestyle together. And that is gonna lead to a lot of problems. I've seen it countless times, guys. And it will lead to a lot of hurt. If your goal in dating is to get to sexual things, then you are going to hurt a lot of people and you are going to ultimately hurt yourself the most because you're going to mess around, you'll sleep around, and you will build a ton of ties that will last forever. And then one day you'll meet a girl and you'll fall in love and you guys will be so happy together. And then on your wedding night and then for the rest of your life, you will go through something that you won't understand why, why it is that it's happening. You won't be able to connect to your wife in the way that you always did. There will always be an emptiness in that marriage because you've already given yourself away to so many people and you will never be able to connect in the way that God intended you to do. And you guys won't understand why there is a disconnect. And you don't have to go to counseling, you have to go over the place. I hear countless stories of this as I'm studying for this series. And that's always the reason behind it. So guys, it's so important that you see that. There's so many consequences that go with this, that always walked hand in hand with this. And then this next one is hard. And some of you are really gonna have to get serious about this next one. It's gonna take some, a lot of standing up in your life. If you are addicted to pornography, that is a, a sexual sin that we are talking about tonight. And that is something that you need to flee from immediately. If you are addicted to that and you are constantly viewing it and letting it be a part of your life, what do you think you're going to want to act out on with when you are with that other person that you are dating? What do you think you're going to make that whole relationship about? Sexual things, guys. It's just the way it is. When that is such a part of your life and it's rooted so deep, then that is always going to hurt the relationship. So some of you guys need to get serious about ending this tonight because it will be a huge problem for you for the rest of your life if you don't start dealing with this. This is something that will follow you into marriage. It won't just go away one day. This is something that you need to deal with today. You need to draw a line in your life and say, I am not crossing this. You need to get serious. You need to talk to someone and break that chain over your life because it will ruin your dating relationships and it will ruin your future marriage if you don't deal with it. That person will never be enough because you're constantly viewing so many different images and they'll never be able to live up to all the millions of people that you've viewed. So you guys need to deal with this. Talk to someone tonight. Don't let it go another day if you've never told someone, if you've never gotten help. This is not something to be overly ashamed about. Many, many people struggle with this, guys, and that's how the devil gets you. As he tells you, you know, everyone will think you're a freak. They'll think you're weird. You can't talk to anyone, but you can. There's people here who love you, who went through those battles and have seen the other side of it, and there is freedom. So you need to deal with it tonight. Otherwise, your dating relationships and your future marriage will always suffer because of it. So let's go back to the question that we asked before. How far is too far? And ultimately, my answer to you is to flee from sexual sin. That's the bottom line. It's, it's don't even try to get close to the line, guys. 
get as far away from it as you possibly can because it wants to hurt you. It wants to destroy you and cause a lot of damage in your life. I think you guys, if you were a Christian in the room, then like we said before, that God is the temple, that your body is the temple and God lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit will tell you, he'll warn you when you know it's going somewhere that it shouldn't. And that is something that you need to listen to in your life. But ultimately, I wouldn't even get close to that line if I was you. Because the temptation will be there. You'll, you'll be alone with that person that you care about. And it will be really hard in the moment. So that's why I encourage you to set boundaries before you're in the moment. Because if you're in the moment, it's gonna be a lot easier to give in. And tonight, guys, we are talking about all sexual sin. Every way you can twist it. Not just sex, any form of sex. You need to draw that line and make sure you don't get close to it. Flee from it and run as far away from it as you possibly can. So flee from sexual sin, guys. And then there's this other part of it, the grace part of it. For anyone in the room who maybe has fallen in this, maybe you've given into this in a certain area in your life, then the blood of Jesus covers you tonight. There was a huge price that was paid for your life. And there is healing and there is redemption. That shame can be removed, but it's gonna be a hard road but it can happen and I've seen it happen. That doesn't have to be who you are and God can heal those pieces if you've stumbled in that way and God loves you so much. Don't think even for a second if you've messed up in that way that God doesn't passionately love you tonight. You are pure in his eyes tonight if you would ask for freedom and you would ask for healing that he would wash those sins as far as the east is from the west. So if you've messed up in that way, then God's healing is for you tonight that there is grace for this. And if you've been feeling just shameful while I've been talking this whole time, then there is healing for you. And God can restore you in some great ways. But for everyone else, guys, flee from sexual sin. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone in the room, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would be with them as they fight through this as they struggle through this, God. And this is a hard, long battle that they will have for a very long time, God. I pray, Jesus, that you would always be the strength in their heart, God. That they would know, God, when to say no, Jesus. That they would have the boldness. I pray, God, that the girls in the room would really value themselves, Lord God. I pray that the guys in the room would really value themselves, God. And they would wait and they would wait for that right person, that they would still believe and love, Lord, and they would wait till their marriage day, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just heal anyone that is just hurting right now, God, because they've fallen short in one of these areas, God, and I know that you love them so much, God, and I pray that they would feel it right in that seat that they're sitting in tonight, God. I pray that you would remove whatever pain has happened to them, Lord God. I pray for anyone that's been a victim of sexual things, Lord God, that you would heal them tonight, God, that you are still powerful, that there is nothing that is too hard for you, Jesus. And so I pray, God, that they would feel that tonight, God, and that they would know that in their heart, that your grace is for them tonight, God, and it wants to reach them, and it wants to heal them, that they aren't too messed up, God. I pray, God, that they would make a lot of awesome dating choices in their life, God, and they would honor you 
in this way. In your name we pray.